0: hi and welcome to another episode of She Speaks Stories.
1: This is Portia. And this is Katie. And we cannot wait for you to meet this guest today. Ashley Harrell is her name. One of just the most adorable team members we have. Of course, they're all adorable. But Ashley is just so much fun. And I have to just tell you a quick little story about Ashley. Uh, We've been meeting for a couple of years, kind of in a, a mentoring relationship and kind of every time we get together, it's kind of serious and we're talking through issues and trying to go deep spiritually and what is God saying and praying together. I had never been to a party. With Ashley before, until most of you listeners know that we had a huge live event in January of this year. Um, this big book launch and podcast relaunch party, and of course Ashley was adorable at the party, mingling with our guests and etc. But the fun started uh, after. The book launch party, a whole bunch of us went over to a hotel where some of the out of town guests were staying, and we played games in the lobby. Well, Ashley and another team member, uh, Lauren Terrell, who you are going to meet soon on our Meet the Team uh, series that we're doing, she's our photographer. Ashley and Lauren were the most incredible little running charades players. (laughs) Listeners, if you've ever played that game, it is a hoot. And Ashley and Lauren were so quick and so smart and so funny. And they just ran back and forth and back and forth and acted out the book, songs, movies, and then they would guess. And I'm like, okay, I love this gal in even such a deeper way. And, um, we literally, Ashley literally stayed till 1:30 in the morning in that <laughs> hotel lobby with us, playing cards, talking, laughing. She is a delight listener. So you're gonna, you're gonna love, love listening to her. Now, after all that chit chat, let me read her official bio to you. If you've ever ordered anything from our She Speaks Stories store like a t-shirt or one of our cute bracelets or just anything from the store, then you've dealt with one of our very favorite team members, Ashley Harrell. Our young, beautiful, redheaded storekeeper is stunning, both inside and out, despite the fact that life has handed her a hard blow these past three years. When, When I first met, Ashley and her charming husband they had just started coming to our church and were so eager to know Christ better have a strong marriage have another child they they already had Emma who was around 7 at the time and cute as a bug but they they longed to have a a solid marriage and a solid family like we all do listeners you can relate so much and um Ashley's husband really seemed to explode with with potential and was considering becoming a pastor. What a bright and sunny future ahead for this young couple until the dark cloud of underlying unresolved issues moved in and the storm began. Ashley, welcome, welcome, welcome.
2: Hey Katie, hey Portia,
0: thanks for having me. We're so glad that you're here, it's so great. Listeners, Ashley and I met in person um, two-ish years ago. Um, The whole team got together and that was the first time we got to meet. So like if you were to scroll on our our website, Ashley is there. I think she's sitting in a coffee shop studying a book. (laughs) book. (laughs) She was great.
1: Go to that website and, and and look at our beautiful redheaded storekeeper. Um, and Ashley, you thank us for having you on. But I really we really want to applaud you for coming on, because when we first had this idea of our team members sharing their story, you said to me very clearly, I cannot share my story, Katie. Uh, I am in the middle. It's messy. There's no clear, uh, resolution. There's no tidy bow here. I don't have this big, huge, uh, victory and rescue really. And if you remember, I said to you truthfully, honey, if we are honest people, that's where every one of us live in some way, shape or form. Yeah. We're all in the middle of the messiness yeah. because even though we might have victory over this particular problem or we, this valentine's brought us out the other side, there's always something new facing us. Mm-hmm. And so I was so eager uh, for you to just get your story down and come in, vulnerably share it. Because the one victory that you do have, an ongoing victory, is you are truly committed to the idea that Jesus Christ is the ultimate answer Come and on. that hanging on to Him and having that unswerving faith, even in the midst of the pit, is what will pull you through. He yeah, will yeah. pull you through. Um, so, let's jump in and get started with your story. All right.
0: So listeners, you know that we always like to start at the very beginning. So Ashley, tell us a little bit about your growing up years.
2: Okay. Uh, Well, I'm originally from California. I grew up in Northern California, kind of outside the Bay Area near like Oakland, San Francisco. Um, I grew up with Uh, one brother, a younger brother. Uh, We actually lived with my grandparents until I was in high school. So we had a very close family, a very close relationship with them. Um, They're no longer with us right now. Um, But I really treasure that closeness that we had, that they were basically another set of parents for me. Um, At about 18 years old, I decided I was going to move to San Diego with a friend. I was going to get out and get out on my own. I ended up marrying at 20 years old. He was a Marine. We kind of did a whirlwind romance, uh, got married. He deployed, did the whole thing. And then in um, 2010, we got stationed at Quantico here in Stafford. In 2013, we had Emma. And now I'm still in
0: Stafford, and here we are. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So. Whenever I think San Diego, I always go, oh, perfect place on earth, because it's so beautiful and it's so amazing. So I just wanted to say, I'm glad you live there.
2: <laughs> yes, it is amazing. Um, the weather is great, obviously. I honestly miss the food most of all. Okay. Amazing food.
0: <laughs> oh, man. You're actually, see, this is why we're friends, because food is important.
2: Food is my love language. I shape my vacations to California
0: around where I can eat. I'm not yes. even lying. Yes, I love it so much. I love so, that. Okay, you guys uh, moved to Stafford. So what, what led you and Tim to church?
2: Um, well, in about 2015, uh, Tim was actually preparing to get out of the military, but we had decided he was gonna stay here in the area because all the jobs were here, right? With the government and everything. Um, Him getting out of the military wasn't originally a part of our long-term plan, so it was a little unexpected, but as we were preparing, he deep down was dealing with a lot of stress and worry and fear, but on the outside, he didn't show that. He he likes to kind of push his feelings down a little bit, so I really wasn't aware of how terrified he really was, and he ended up using alcohol to cope Mm. with that stress that he was feeling. And when I say he used it to cope, he wasn't coming home and drinking in excess. He was, you know, leaving the house for one purpose, but really drinking without me realizing it. Mm-hmm. So he did that and it actually got so bad one night that he came home and he was so disoriented. I was convinced he had had a stroke. I called an ambulance. We went to the hospital. I was just trying to figure out what was going on. And um, they ran out of the test and his blood alcohol level was three times the legal limit but he was adamant he had not drank that day. And mm-hmm. I don't know about you, but it's very hard to argue with someone who's not willing to admit mm-hmm. you know, the truth. You kind of just have to suck it up and move on. You, mm-hmm. you, know, you can talk to your blue in the face, but if you can't get anywhere, you just have to let it go. Mm-hmm. So after that, you know, he got out, he started a government job. He enrolled in classes at the community college to use our GI bill to get those you know, housing benefits. We were trying to like keep things afloat And he was still miserable inside. So he would actually lie about going to work and going to school and he would just drink instead. So Mm -hmm. this was just a truly, you know, stressful time for us. And in the midst of that, I ended up getting pregnant Mm -hmm. um, with twins. And um, unfortunately, you know, I had a miscarriage very early on, but that completely rocked us. Mm -hmm. Um, And as this was going on, a really close friend of mine, her name is Shay, she asked me the question one day, you know, have you ever considered going to church? Mm-hmm. And I told her, you know, like, it's always kind of been there in the back of my head, like, oh, it's the right thing to do. It would be great if Emma grew up in church. We should do this. But, you know, life gets in the way. And when it's not a priority, you don't make it happen. Mm-hmm. So she happened to have an invite card to the church that she went to. And she's like, just check it out. So we both talked about it. We agreed. You know what? What could it hurt? Right. Right you know, worst case, we don't like it. We don't go back. Well, we walked in and, you know, I can only speak for myself, obviously, but I just immediately started crying. I just felt such a strong, like, you know, base, I guess a present, you know, and I cried through the entire service. I'm pretty sure Susan was the one preaching that day, honestly. <laughs> um, and, but it was just so good. So we decided, okay, let's keep coming back for more and see what it has to offer. Wow.
1: I love that, Ash. And didn't you guys um, get involved in a marriage small group? Like Mm -hmm. kind of at kind of at the beginning to try to like, okay, here's a felt need. Here's a problem. We're at this church. Let's address the problem.
2: Yes. Um, What was funny is that, you know, we started coming um, late fall, going into winter, and you know all the semester classes start up. You know January, February timeframe, and they had promoted you know a strengthening your marriage course, and I was like, this is perfect. We can get free counseling. This is why we're coming to church, right? Yeah, <laughs> so I was like, okay Absolutely. Right, so I was like, okay, we'll sign up. We signed up. It was a great course. Uh, we seemed to you know be making traction, mm-hmm. and you know I met another. Um, friend in that class who invited me to women's Bible study. So I kind of started plugging in and getting connected. And um, the following fall, I actually signed up for the alpha course because I still didn't really know what was going on. I had questions and it's like, well, they say alpha can help you with all those questions. Right. So I guess I'll check that out. And um, yeah, alpha was amazing. It honestly, it saved my life because we did the Holy spirit retreat, which is towards the end. And I was just so overwhelmed with emotion. I was crying. I couldn't explain it. And, you know, I could tell I was like holding back because I wanted all the answers, just like a lot of people do before they commit to something. And um, that Sunday when I went to church, you know, pastor Andrew, he had said, you know, life's too short to go through it without God in it. And I was like, that's it. I just have to surrender. I just need to let go and you know trust that God's gonna fill in the blanks as we go forward. So Alpha led me to my salvation.
1: I love that. Love, 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 love that story. Everything on the outside was just going so well for you two as a young couple you're, you're both saved now and excited about the Holy spirit. You're taking classes, but trouble started brewing and kind of reared its ugly head. Can you, um, you know, and, and, and here's the thing in the sharing of your story, Ash, there's no, uh, way that we're trying to bash Mm Bring this honor to him. He, um, He's a broken man, just like we're all broken in ways. He was broken in a way that was easy for him to hide because he had such charisma
0: mm-hmm.
1: and um and there needed to be some deep seated healing. So, as you kind of share it, listeners, I want you to know, this is not you know, digging the dirt on uh, mm-hmm. but it's a reality of what Ashley uh, went through. Does that make sense? Yeah, that's
0: good, Katie. Thank you.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And just share, uh, kind of what, what transpired then.
2: Right. Okay. So, I mean, if you back up a little bit while I was going through alpha, I went through on my own. So I was taking that on Thursday nights. Well, at the end of that, um, he had finally admitted that he realized that he had a drinking problem. So I said, okay, this is great. This is progress. We're going to go through this. Um, We got him into celebrate recovery through the church. And then I urged him to try out Alpha the following semester. And honestly, I mean, Alpha was truly a blessing to our marriage. You know, he went through Alpha, he got connected, he just seemed to be flourishing. But again, all that seemed you know, great on the outside, but inside there were still a lot of issues that, you know, he wasn't dealing with, you know, the deep stuff. It it felt like we were, you know, we took counseling through the church just to help with, you know, trust issues and to um, develop better communication, to figure out how we can avoid, you know, these poor coping skills that he had developed. Um, But, you know, we felt like we were doing everything right, but It just still was falling apart on the inside. So, I mean, we were very involved. We were leading a small group. You know, he actually started helping with Alpha even. Um, I had helped with Alpha. We were all, we were very, very busy in the church, but we were loving it because it just, we felt very fulfilled by being able to pour into others and participate. But then I think it was, you know, the fall of 2018, um, I come home from a trip, you know, with my mom and all of a sudden I'm being asked for a divorce,
0: just Mm
1: -hmm. hit in the face. (laughs) Crazy. Crazy. When I heard that, I don't think I could have been more shocked. I'm like, wait a minute. (laughs) So, right. Yeah. It, um,
2: I, I mean, I wasn't shocked. I had no idea what to do. I started panicking, trying to like go back in my memory, like what happened? Like, I know, you know, things are never perfect, Mm -hmm. you know, but like We were going in the right direction. Things had been going so well, um, but he was asking for this. So I, I literally begged him. I was like, can we please go see one of the pastors tomorrow? Like, we need to talk through this. Let's fight for this. Like, we can fix whatever the problem is. And he was reluctant, but he agreed. And, you know, we kind of went through a few months of just chaos of me, you know, trying to get him to open up to me, him kind of letting a wall down, but then putting it back up. And I was committed. I was like, I'm going to fight for this. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I was convinced that this is going to be our redemption story. Like this is to bring glory to God. Like we're going to fix this and this is going to be our story. And I was really honestly kind of excited for it, even mm-hmm. though it was really stressful at the time. Yeah. Um, so I was committed, but then I found out about another relationship. Mm-hmm. And to be honest, I faltered. I was kind of like, whoa, wait, do mm-hmm. I want to do this now? You know, but I ultimately decided, No. I'm going to fight for it. Like, this is still important and we can overcome this. Mm -hmm. So we continue through this process and more and more information starts coming out. He still has a wall up. And I finally kind of just throw my hands up one day and say, fine, if you want a divorce, you can have the divorce. It's fine. And then like a light switch, he said, oh no, I want to work on it. So now here I was with this flip-flop and I'm like, oh, okay. But now my wall was up. (laughs)
1: Right.
2: (laughs) So now I'm suspicious. and I'm like, well, why, why do you want to work on it all of a sudden? And um, for months, he basically pursued me and courted me and he kind of wore me down. And I said, okay, we can work on this. Let's do professional counseling. Let's, let's do it. You Mm -hmm. know, like I was, I decided I was going to be all in and that's what we were going to
1: do. Wow. And I know you worked so hard at it. I know you worked so hard at it, Ash. Um, keep going. Yeah. Venmo. Yeah. We worked
2: hard. We did professional counseling. Um, we obviously sought counsel through the church. You know, mm-hmm. we had a, a big community around us that was rallying like, okay, like you guys are going to get through this. It's going to be great. Um, and to be honest that year, 2019 ended up being the best year of our marriage. I mean, we were just so happy, enjoying each other. We were talking, spending time together. It wow. felt amazing. Mm-hmm. But then that fall, he decided to change jobs. And <clears throat> excuse me, I, my red flags immediately went up and mm-hmm. I reverted back to, okay, we transitioned from military to civilian. That did not go well. Mm-hmm. I started getting very anxious, but I trusted that he knew what he was doing and he was making the right decision. So he changed jobs and immediately things felt different. I just Mm -hmm. knew in my gut, I was like, something is going on. I don't know what it is. I can't prove it, but something's happening. Mm -hmm. And then January of 2020,
1: he was ready for a divorce again. Mm -hmm. And lots of um, secret behaviors and lying and. um...
2: Right. Yeah. Um, I, at that point I had. I was obviously upset, but it wasn't like the first time that he had approached me. I kind of was able to sit there and reflect on the past year. Mm -hmm. And I realized um, this wasn't about me. It wasn't, it wasn't necessarily my fault. He was searching for something that I couldn't give him. And unfortunately he was searching in the world and the world couldn't give it to him either. So I basically conceded and said, okay, like, this is what divorce is going to look like. If that's what you really want, then we will go down that path.
1: And, and at this point, after being through uh, professional counseling and counseling with pastors and it, your eyes were open to really how, how broken inside he really was. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, I really was, even yeah. though he was so good at hiding it, um, mm-hmm. it, yeah. it And uh, wow, there's so many layers to unpack here um, (laughs) about your, your story. Right. And you were right
2: when you said earlier that he had that charisma that he Mm -hmm. could hide it. Mm -hmm. And, um, and he was also very adamant, you know, when he was lying that I would get so many gut feelings. I knew things Mm -hmm. were off. But when you can't get the person to admit it, you just right. let it go. You just yeah. have to say, okay, that, tomorrow I'll the try
1: gas, again. is that what the word gaslighting means? Yeah. Gaslighting is making you think
0: that what what you're saying happened didn't really happen.
1: Right.
2: I felt yeah. crazy yeah. most of the yeah. time. Like, yeah. I must be imagining things. Oh, he, mm-hmm. he maybe he didn't seem drunk, even though I could tell he really had been drinking. You know, things like that. I just, I it felt like I was the problem. Like, I must... Be making things up in my head
1: just to pick fight, essentially.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm Wow! And
1: and one of the things that strikes me so powerfully here is what was happening in the heavenlies Mm -hmm. (laughs) around you and this story, and even as you go forward, because there's all kinds of activities in the heavenlies that we don't necessarily look up and see. So, um, one big activity obviously is the Lord mm-hmm. calling you both to himself, opening your eyes, you're feeling his presence. You're excited to be with him. You're learning, you're growing. So God is at work, but so is the enemy, right? Whispering lies, whispering, horrible. It, can you talk a little bit, um, Ash about it? maybe both of those things, like how you saw, let's just start with God first. Mm -hmm. How did you see God show up through these horrible years and this valley you were both in?
2: Okay. So honestly, I love hindsight at this point because now, you know, it's a little further away from when that started. I can look back and I just see the blessings that he gave me. I saw him providing for me. Um, I mean, I had first, I had my church community, I had friends, I had pastors, I had all this support just rallying around me. And, um, I mean, at that, during that time, I mean, Katie, I, that's when I asked you to be my mentor and uh-huh. you know, that kind of came out of nowhere. I just had this nudge and I'm like, well, I'll ask her, we'll see if she says yes. And uh-huh. you did, even though you were going through your cancer season and because of you, I wound up getting a temporary job, you know, this is before he had asked for the divorce the second time, but I got a temporary job that turned permanent. So uh-huh. then when he asked for a divorce, well, now, now I have a job. Now I'm not going right. to stay at home mom anymore. So I felt a little more prepared. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and not to mention my boss is amazing. He goes to the church as well. He understands um, how hard it is to go through something like this. So the fact that he is flexible and understanding is amazing during this time. I, a friend from church allowed Emma and I to live with them while we mm-hmm. figure things out. Um, I had a friend that actually took Emma on basically as one of her own children during mm-hmm. the year of virtual school because of the pandemic. Right. I mean, I would not, I didn't know what to do. I was like, I'm a single mom now. I have to work. I can't be home, you mm-hmm. know, teaching her. So, I mean... God literally just surrounded me and provided where I needed it. Even when maybe I didn't realize I needed it or didn't want to ask for something. I definitely have struggled with pride and not wanting to ask or feel needy because nobody wants to need so much when they can't really repay the favor. It's hard. I know it's not transactional. It's -hmm. not meant to be, but you know, you have that feeling, oh, I really should do this now because they were so gracious and did this
0: for me. Yeah, Ashley, you were walking out what God's grace is. It's unmerited favor. We receive an abundance of grace from God. And and I think a lie that the enemy tries to breathe in is like, okay, so God is forgiving you. God has helped you. So now you have to work yourself to death. To pay back what God has done for you and so right. I, I firmly believe that God gives us opportunities like this not that he caused all of the chaos in your life because he's not the author of confusion but knowing that we are in this life that we will have trouble we will have trial that he uses that to give another picture of his grace of this is how I'm going to provide for you so I want you to receive it be thankful but receive it but know there's nothing that you have to do to earn it or to have earned it or to make yourself worthy. This is just because I love you, I'm caring for you through other people. And that's so countercultural, right? Um, everything is transactional. Even when we try to not make it transactional in the world, you're like, okay, I'm gonna scratch your back, you're gonna scratch my back. And there's nothing wrong with helping one another out, but I think within the body of Christ, with the upside upside down life that Jesus calls us to. To do something for someone with no expectation of anything in return, and conversely, to receive something from someone and knowing, thank you. You're yes, right. Not like and now bless others, of course. But I, what a tangible example of God's grace over your life. Good job. I know that right. was hard to receive
1: His ever-present help in time of trouble. It's not just spiritual help where he sends you this inexplicable peace when you're all in chaos. He does do that, which is amazing, but he actually sends very practical help. You have a house, you have a job, you have a friend that helps with, with childcare, but, and that's all God's grace, mercy, pouring down blessings on you. But at the same time, God is sovereign, but we do have a responsibility also. And what I want to point out is prior to all this, you got involved. Mm -hmm. You got in a small group, you got in a home group, you got in a ministry, you made friends, you made sisters and brothers in the family of God. And then when you needed a family, they were there oftentimes, um, people go through something hard and then they're like, where's the church? Mm -hmm. Well, are you part of a church? Right. Are you, are you more than just sitting in the seat on Sunday where no one knows your name because you don't take the time to get in a small group and know people's names and let them know your name. So, um, so I love that. And, and every step of the way I heard you say, well, the pastors were there for us. They knew your names
0: mm-hmm.
1: because you were, you were involved. Friends, this and that. But the reverse is also true that I want to point out. Just because you go to church, you're in a small group, you're, you know the pastors, people are praying for you, and you do every right thing. Mm-hmm. Because actually, if, if there was a recipe for doing the right thing to save a marriage, you did it. You did it. You followed. My it. Goodness. You didn't follow it. it. You didn't try to add a little something something. You just followed the recipe, girl. <laughs> you followed the recipe. Work hard. Go to counseling. Get professional counseling. Get spiritual counseling. Get, you know, go to celebrate recovery. Get, you know, work on the hurts, habits, and hang up. Blah, blah, blah. Right. Doing all the right steps does not guarantee the outcome. That you always desire. Does that mean you don't take the time and use your brain to do the right steps? Of course not. But at the end of the day, you can't look up to God and say, I did it all right, God. Now, why did you not bless it? Why did you not give me what I think um, the outcome should be? Mm -hmm. And that's what I admire about your story so much, Ashley. Here you are now. And I, and I, we're going to talk a little bit about how the enemy gets in there, mm-hmm. <laughs> but then I do some present day reflections because, okay, here you are now. Divorce is final. You're a single mom. You are the sole breadwinner. Uh, your salary has to pay for everything. Um, it's a hard, hard place to be in. Listeners, I know that there are many of you out there that, uh, are in similar hard situations. Maybe you're not a single mom and this sole breadwinner, but maybe you're a caretaker of, of older parents and it's daily and it's hard, or maybe you're, uh, you're, a, a widow or maybe, you know, you're, you're in a hard place, but to hang on tight to the sovereign hand of God and not accuse him. (laughs) I'm not holding up his end of the bargain when you do X, Y, Z, right. That is huge to keep praying, to keep seeking. Ashley, you keep meeting with me, even though I don't have, do I have answers of how to get through this? Of course not, but he does. And we keep meeting and we keep praying and we keep talking to him and we keep looking at his scripture. Even when you don't feel like it. I remember one time we met, and I'm, I don't mean this to embarrass you, but just listeners, I think this is some of you. And you said to me, Katie, here's the truth. I feel like I'm going through the motions mm-hmm. in Bible study, in mm-hmm. church. I feel like I'm just going through the motions. Here's what I admire. You did not let your emotions and right. your feelings drive you away from church. Of course, you felt like you were just going through the motions. You were right. numb. Yeah. But- that didn't dissuade you to, for perseverance. Keep right. on going, yes. listening, hearing, right. even if right. it's not soaking in. Right. And eventually, because, and this is segues into the enemy, okay? God has an agenda for us. We have our own agenda that we right. think is the best. But there is someone else in this world that has an agenda for us and it's an evil one. Right. And he is always trying to work his agenda against God's agenda, okay? So can you speak at all as to how the enemy attacked you during these times? God's presence was real, but so is the enemy. What lies was he whispering to you? How did he try how did he try to move his agenda? And listeners His basic agenda is to get you separated from God, steal your peace, steal your joy, steal your love, ruin your life. Okay. That's his.
2: (laughs) (laughs) That is absolutely the truth. That's definitely what he wants for us. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, during this time, I mean, going through a divorce, I mean, of course I hear the whispers of you're not good enough. You know, um, how could anyone else love you? You've been rejected. You know, that one person you trusted, he didn't want you. Like, where, where are you going to go from here? How are you going to handle this? Um, It was just a lot of, you know, negative self-talk just bringing me down. And, you know, there's the worldly distractions, you know, like, well, I mean, maybe I don't want to deal with this right now. So I'm just going to scroll on my phone. I'm just going to watch Netflix. I'm just going to kind of ignore. I'm just going to go through the motions, do what I have to do, go to work, be a mom, you know, check the boxes, go to church, Mm -hmm. serve, go to Bible study. I'm going to do it, but maybe I'm not fully present sometimes because I'm just so overwhelmed with the responsibility of now I have to take care of this. not just financially, but mentally, emotionally, I'm just, Mm -hmm. I'm a hundred percent it, right? Mm -hmm. So I, I mean, I had a, there was a one day where Emma, you know, had a play date planned and I had made plans with a friend and the plans ended up falling through and they weren't important plans. You know, we were Mm -hmm. just going to go get lunch or something. And I kind of lost it. I -hmm. was so disappointed and I sat back and I realized like, I have been purposefully trying to fill my time while I'm alone because Mm -hmm. I don't want to deal with what's going on inside. I was distracting myself because well, if I don't have Emma, I need to maximize my time because it doesn't happen all the time. And I just, I just only honestly couldn't cope with being by myself because I had to kind of sit in my feelings and my Mm -hmm. emotions. And I realized I really hadn't truly grieved my marriage. And I don't know if I'm allowed to say this, but ultimately I'm thankful that God didn't heal my marriage because I don't think that that was part of my story, Mm -hmm. but it doesn't mean that I'm not still grieving the life that I lost, you know, we had plans. And although I'm, more at peace and happy now, I'm still thankful I'm not in that position anymore, if that yeah. makes sense.
1: Yeah. And you're completely yeah. allowed to say it, my <laughs> sweet friend.
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah. Or should well, because I, like, I know because I think it just acknowledges that you walk through a very hard season and you are seeing God's provision. And um, I've heard people say, it was like if if the Lord came to you and said, You don't have to go through this. Would you choose not to? And I don't think I've ever heard a person say no because of what they learned about the Lord, because of the healing that came to them, because of there's just there's so many things that are not tangible. You can't put your your hand on it, but it changes our mindset. It changes how we walk. It changes how we see others. It changes how we empathize with others. And so I I understand that. And, and I think anybody in the human experience that's being honest, they understand that of I wouldn't I wouldn't change it. Do I want to do it again tomorrow? No. <laughs> no. But I, I see the purpose in it. I see um, it reminds me of Joseph and his brothers selling him in the slavery and all the different things that happened. And then he stood before his brothers and said, you meant harm for me, but God used it for good. And I don't think that your husband set out to hurt you, to harm you. He is walking his own story and journey right now. And, um, and listeners hear this. When we talk about people who their stories impact our guests and we're like, oh, we wish you would have done that differently. That also could be God, wherever he is, we ask that you would minister to him. We ask for divine appointments, that he would find the freedom that is available in Jesus Christ. But his impact on your life, the enemy of your soul meant for it to steal, kill and destroy you, to destroy your life. But we have an advocate with the Father. We have a strong, strong warrior on our behalf. The Lord is mighty to save. And that is what he has done and is doing for you, Ashley, because we're talking about your story, that this thing that was meant to like just really crumple up your life and pitch it into the garbage can of life, or God is like, nope, not today, Satan. You're not doing this to my daughter. She will be broken, but I'm going to heal her she'll feel alone but she's going to know when she looks back that she was never alone not for one moment not for one second was she ever alone your roots have gone into a place that are going to sustain you literally for the rest of your life so when the next storm of life comes because it will because we live this life and in this life there is trouble you are going to remember wait i'm going to take heart i have hope because jesus has overcome the world He walked me through one of the most difficult things of my life and I saw him show up for me moment after moment after moment. So he's going to do it again. Listeners, this is why we tell our stories. This is why we meditate on our stories and what God has done because the next time something happens or maybe something happens for a friend, we say, this is what God did for me. And I believe while it might be exactly what he does for you, I know that he will show up for you. And I just, wow, Ashley. It's eight, uh, I, I, eight, love, I love and, ideas, and so.
1: listeners as I'm um, because we zoom so we can see each other's faces as I am watching Porsche's face talk straight to Ashley in my mind. I'm like, I wish every one of you listeners um, would. I wish you could see Porsche's face because <laughs> it's be beautiful. But I my prayer for you all is that you are tuning in with ears knowing that Portia is speaking straight over you too and whatever mm-hmm. you are going through mm-hmm. uh, right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I heard this sermon and this this little <sighs> thing that is popping in my mind. He said, look at the word resist, R-E-S-I-S-T, and look at the word rest, R-E-S-T. And he said, the difference is I-S, resist. Is that right? And he said, and the one letter that's different is I. Mm -hmm. And he said, okay, there's two kinds of attitudes with God, whatever or whatever, and the difference resist or rest and we resist and we have that attitude like we're kind of we're angry with God why didn't you come through why didn't you we prayed and prayed and prayed why you know because of the I <laughs> we resist God because we say I had a plan mm-hmm. I had an agenda I had a purpose Ash and and your plans were good they weren't bad plans. Your plan, have a happy marriage, have more kids, you know, we will have this cozy family and it is going to be glorious. And we got God on our side, but it is what it is, right? And instead of resisting, accept it is what it is. Tim was broken. This could not happen. Those plans could not unfold that way because you need healing. You are divorced and you are a single mom. It is what it is. Okay. In this mm-hmm. sovereign hand of God, now I can rest and I can hold my hands up without an attitude and say, whatever, God, I, I rest in your love, your peace, your sovereignty. Okay. Two, two quick last questions. <laughs> okay. um, when we talk about the enemy and how he attacks Oftentimes we feel like we are just in this passive position waiting for him to attack us, lie to us, blah, blah, blah. And then we're going to respond and push him away. But what about us being on the offensive and not just waiting around for him to get us, but offensively. And that is the other thing I admire about your story, Ash. I see you offensively. Um, I, I w- went to this conference and I heard this gal speak. She wrote a book called Throw the First Punch, Defeating the Enemy, Hellbent on Your Destruction. And it's all about being on the offensive against the enemy. So Ash, you're, you're a single mom. You've got a lot of responsibility. Enemy comes along, he's hell bent on your destruction and he's so seductive Mm -hmm. and he's like, Ashley, you know, you don't feel beautiful anymore. So you need to get out there where you can be affirmed on your beauty. You don't feel Mm -hmm. wanted. So you need to find people that want you. You you, Here is the glamour of the world. Here's the answer out in the world come on over here, child, right? Right. Kind of luring, whispering. Um, And you already said, scroll on your phone for five hours, Ashley, (laughs) you know, watch endless Netflix, Ashley, you know, but at one point you said to me, I know that that is not the answer. That's a lure. It's a trap. The enemy takes you down a path. What are you doing
0: Mm.
1: now to throw that first punch and resist what the the, the path the enemy wants to go down?
2: Right. Um, Well, the first step is obviously just choosing to be more intentional, trying to get out of that rut of being lukewarm. I mean, he calls us to be hot or cold, right? Otherwise, he'll just spit us out. So I don't want to be lukewarm. So I'm aiming for hot right now. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, I'm obviously, you know, still doing what I need to do. I'm still going to church. I'm still serving. Um, I'm actually doing a study on identity right now, which I'm only like one week in and I already love it. I wanted to highlight the entire first chapter, um, <laughs> because I feel like at the end of the day, it's about me being able to realize my identity in Christ and not place my value in worldly things or um, count on someone else to affirm me or to approve of me because all of those things are weak. I could lose everything at the drop of a hat, but at the end of the day, God is who I can rely on. So my goal right now is I'm actively trying to just kind of rest in his word and learn as much as I can and um, just learn to accept who he says I am, because that's where we get held at. We, we, you know, we talk down to ourselves say, we're not good enough. How could he forgive me? Why would he keep, you know, letting me come back after making Mm -hmm. mistake after mistake? Um, So that's kind of where I am. I'm just, I feel like if I figure out the core and kind of just get that identity under control, Mm -hmm. then everything else is just kind of going to flow. It's still going to be hard. There's still going to be mistakes. Um, there's still going to be trauma, but I'll have a much firmer foundation once I kind of work through this season.
1: Wow,
0: that is just so amazing of just one of the things that you said, um, I'm going to rest in his word and I'm going to allow that to define who I am. I I love that you're not running away. Um, Katie referenced following the recipe earlier, like you followed the recipe, you followed the plan. Um, Proverbs says that a man plans his way, but it's the Lord who establishes his steps. And the key thing about anything with living for God is to stay with him as He is leading you through, through the things of life. And so that is just so beautiful, Ashley, of your intentionality. You're not just letting yourself go wherever life blows. You are putting your feet down and going, nope, I'm going to stand here and I'm going to step there. I'm aiming toward hot. Let's go. (laughs) that's a what a that's a great punch that's a great punch to the enemy i'm aiming toward hot back up right right
1: (laughs) i do i do oh fabulous our very last question ash and maybe you answered it with that last answer but i'll ask it anyway if you could leave our listeners uh with just one thing what would you say?
2: Um, I would say that looking back, I can tell that God had been preparing me for this journey. I can see the breadcrumbs. I can see the, you know, the progress. And right now I feel very confident that he's going to continue to guide me through this Valley. Cause let's be honest, I am still in the Valley. I'm not out of it yet. Mm -hmm. Um, And once he guides me through it, I believe that I'll be able to look back on it and be grateful for the experience. I'm already grateful because I have learned so much and I feel like I've grown so much, even though it's still a very frustrating time to be in. Um, I know I'll just have even more appreciation for it, but until then, I just have to take it one day at a time and trust
0: the process. Wow, that's so good. Love that's that. so good. Love it. Um, I love that you landed on trust the process. That's what listeners, I I hope that you will hear that all interwoven in Ashley's story. Proverbs tells us to trust in the Lord with all our hearts and to not lean on our own understanding. And in our own understanding, we we miss things because we don't have the full picture. And so we can attribute things to God that aren't true. But if we will do it, Ashley just said, if we will trust the process, God is good and he only does good. Now, that doesn't mean that hard and bad things don't happen to us, but that is not God. God is good and he only does good. So he takes the trash that life tries to throw at us and he turns it into a masterpiece. I mean, look at our own lives. When I look at my life, whoa, the things that he has changed and he has turned around. Trust the process. And when really what Ashley is
1: saying is trust God, y'all. God. That's right. And a fancy word for process is sanctification. Yes. Trust that He is transforming us. It's not overnight. You can't go to Alpha and boom, you are just like Jesus. You know, that's a good start. <laughs> and you get saved. That's a good start. But sanctification, the process is a long, hard, slow obedience in the same direction. It's a perseverance. And like you said, Portia, it's a staying connected Mm -hmm. with him. Mm -hmm. And Ash, um, like you said, intentionality Yes. go towards hot. Mm
0: -hmm. I don't want to
1: be lukewarm. Even if my emotions make me feel lukewarm at this time, emotions are, are... A good thing God Mm -hmm. gives us emotions, but they also can lie. Don't let them rule you. Mm -hmm. You need to take your mind and your will and rule over your emotions. Let your emotions inform you. Hey, Mm -hmm. something's wrong. Something's wrong. Mm -hmm. But then you take your mind and your will and you rule over those emotions. All right. So God, I'm broken. God, I'm scared. God, I'm hurting. God, Mm -hmm. I'm feeling rejected. I'm feeling unlovely. Mm-hmm. This is how I feel, mm-hmm. but I am not going to run around, yeah. let those emotions, ha- you know, guide yeah. my decision-making. I'm bringing them to mm-hmm. you and I'm asking you to transform my mind. And right. he does that through the word of God. Amen. And so that's why I applaud that you still go to church and listen right. to the sermons, whether they sink in or not. It is his word mm-hmm. being sprinkled over you. You, you keep with that small group, even though for a while you felt like, nah, man, going through the emotions. Now you're starting to get something out of it, right? Or um, your mind is being transformed because you've set your will. I will be intentional. Eventually your emotions come along and your emotions will be more of peace and joy and excitement versus the darkness and the sadness and the discouragement. Right. I don't know. Does that make sense? Absolutely. It does. It does. This all right, so we good. could talk forever. We could talk forever. <laughs> Ash, you and I'll have lunch soon at Panera. we yeah, will. Yeah. <laughs> we'll finish there. And uh, yeah, listeners, thanks for being with us. And thanks. if if you're local and you see Ashley out and about, give her a big hug for being vulnerable enough to share uh, her story, even though she's in the messy middle of it all. Okay, yeah. and uh, we love you, Ash. We do. Love thanks. Me. Love thanks. you guys too.
0: Thanks, everybody. Um, Join us again because we're continuing with our Meet the Team stories and stories are indeed changing lives. We love you and we'll be with you next time.